In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Hey, hey, listeners, it is your humble host, Jeff Zimfer, coming at you from Las Vegas, baby, Las Vegas. Hey, if you're coming out here in the summer, let me know, hit me up, DM me on Instagram or Facebook, whatever. There's some uh, upcoming events happening in Vegas that I'm going to be talking about on, a, on the next podcast episode uh, with a special offer for you guys. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you tune into the next podcast episode. Uh, on, and, and before I forget, um, you've heard us obviously by now talking about the hybrid loan officer. And if you're curious to learn more about becoming a hybrid loan officer, what that potentially means for you, meaning how to level up and improve and be more effective and efficient with your past client database, uh, capturing uh, and, and converting real estate agents to referral partners, leading with educational content, and having a complete platform that um, allows you to have conversations at scale with you know your past clients, with uh, targeted agents. I mean, imagine if you could actually target the top agents in town and put them on an automated outbound messaging campaign that includes video and SMS messaging and, and educational content, live, in-person or virtual classes. And if you could start to attract some consumer direct business, be it from your own content that perhaps you're posting out on the socials or uh, by running uh, some paid traffic to Facebook or Google, perhaps. And all that's built within the platform over at Bonzo. So if you want to learn more, we're here to help you become a hybrid loan officer. Go to hybridlo.com, hybridlo.com, and uh, let us know that you heard about it here on the podcast and uh, we can have a conversation. You guys can look under the hood uh, at Bonzo and see if it's something for you. Okay, so this week, my special episode, uh, I'm really thrilled to uh, bring this gentleman on. He is just crushing it on social media. Justin Brown is a mortgage professional and a very smart guy when it comes to personal finance. And why I wanted to bring him on is, you know, how often do you struggle with what to post? Like what to post and what to say and, you know, what should my voice be? How do you find your voice? And this is what this podcast largely focuses on is number one, getting clear on who you're talking to, who's your target audience, and identifying what they want to hear most. And then number two, um, finding your voice and having the courage as well to put your voice out there. And you hear the story from uh, Justin Brown, also known as JB. You can check him out on the Instas. He's got 30,000 followers on Instagram, and it's Loans by JB on Instagram, Loans by JB. 
and uh, the guy's doing videos and stuff. He's leveling up his YouTube channel as well. So we'll put all those links in the show notes for you to check him out. Bottom line, the guy is just, you know, really stepping it up with his content and his business is uh, proof and evidence of that, that he's getting business directly now from his uh, social um, posts and content and people engaging with him. So I hope you find this a very insightful, encouraging um, conversation that you leave the session, this podcast session, with some ideas, but more importantly, the courage and the kick in the ass to implement. That's what we're talking about here. Don't just passively listen, right? Implement. Because knowledge only becomes power when it's applied. So without further ado, let's get into this week's show. Justin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you making time. I know you're super busy. All right. So this is this is really cool. I love the way we're doing this in, in interview because I know like virtually nothing about you, <laughs> other than, other than uh, Bill Hart. Shout out to Bill if you if you're listening. But uh, Bill Hart right made a couple of comments on what you're doing online, you know, um, social media, personal branding wise, which led me to want to grab you real quickly. So I appreciate you yep. willing to be uh, put yourself you know out there, uh, be a victim as they say. So awesome. let me let me start here. How long have you been in the business? About twenty years, a little bit over maybe. All right. So definitely a well-seasoned veteran. Um, average units or volume, you know, 2020, obviously a little bit of an anomaly, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. what, what um, did you do last year? Last year, I think it was like 350 something units. 350 units? Yeah. And like 100, wow. almost 150 mil or something. But the year, awesome. before, the year before, I think it was closer to 220 units and, mm-hmm. um, and about almost 100 mil, right around 100 mil. Okay. So, what, is, what is your number one source of business? Uh, database. It's, it's, uh, it's always been database primarily past clients, stuff like that, but that's starting to shift a little. Okay. And where do realtors rank in your order of sources? They were about 50%, but as Mm -hmm. I've grown my database and dove more into database marketing and nurturing, I've built that up. And the realtor business, um, is it's super competitive in my market. And if you're not constantly in front of them, somebody else is, Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of loyalty. Um, so that business is probably around 20 to 30% right now. It used to be 60, 70 when I was going hard. Yeah. Uh, and where are you in the country? I'm in Southern California. So, like Orange County or LA? What? Uh, right. I'm in LA County, but like right, right next to Orange County. Well, Claremont. Claremont, Claremont. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. I used to live in uh, Mission Viejo. Awesome. I lived in yeah. San Clemente for a little while. Got to love the beaches, right? Uh, okay. So when you say database, um, that could mean a lot of things. Yep. Uh, are you talking about specifically just past clients, past clients and past client referrals, um, are a big chunk of it. So how do you stay so actively engaged with them? Are you using any tools or platforms? Yeah. yeah. So I use Jungo. Um, I use some text messaging softwares in there. I, I use, um, a third party company to do mailers, um, I do, you know, videos every week. So I do quite a bit. So past clients, you know, they're getting a closing call from me. They're getting a closing gift. They're getting a 30 day check-in. They're getting a six month check-in. They're getting annual reviews. They're getting mail every month. Um, they're getting a video every week. Um, I'm trying to do some more, you know, financial, personal finance type classes for free for my database, you know, twice a year. Um, I used to do client appreciation events once or twice a year. I'm sending them stuff on their home anniversary. They're getting texts on their birthday. 
um, pretty engaged with them. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's a lot of stuff. How many yeah. uh, in the, in the database roughly? Um, so as far as past clients go about a little bit over 1700. And then as far as just in, like all leads, past clients, everything, not counting realtors and business professionals, probably, um, about 6,600, but wow. I'm not mailing to all 6,600, but all 6,600 are getting the weekly videos. They are hearing about the events, you know, my exclusive client only events, uh, you know, things like that. So client only events, financial classes was an example, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like personal finance, um, budgeting, and you, are you teaching those or do you bring in guests? No, I'm doing it. So I've, I've been a, st- a student of personal finance, my own, mm-hmm. um, for years now, just really trying to get a good grasp on it. Um, cause I realized you could earn great money, but still not build wealth if, uh, you're not, you're not good with it. And then at the same time, you kind of hire people and just pass it on to them, delegate it to financial advisors, CPAs. And then what I learned along the way also is they kind of just give you the cookie cutter stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as I was reading books and learning and talking to wealthy people and they'd give me ideas and concepts and I'd bring it back to the financial advisors or CPAs. They're like, oh yeah, we could do that. Oh, well, yeah, there's, you know, and it's just like, why didn't you tell me about this? I've been paying <laughs> you for like three years, you know? Right, right. Uh, that's interesting. So you're inviting these people to now, I guess these financial classes are virtual, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have, have they always been or were they in person before COVID? No. So they were, uh, this, is, this is new, the virtual new. stuff. Um, before COVID, it was just client appreciation events. Okay. Right. So like happy hours or someplace, some function either at my home doing a barbecue, um, or at at a brewery. Breweries are always easy and fun because they bring kids and pets and there's there's games and stuff. Are you bringing those back as you know, things open up? I want to, I want to at least get back to one a year. It's just, Mm -hmm. I want to get out or at least do something at my house. Um, back to the video for a second. Uh, is that you personally on video? Is that using bomb bomb or something or? Oh, for the weekly videos, I'm using bomb yeah, bomb. Using bomb bomb. Yeah. And what, and that's like, are you, how are you recording those? Are you doing those just like, boom, one a week time to record and send? Are you batch filming? What? Batch. I like to do them in batch. Um, I use Fiverr to get them edited. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll figure out whatever topic I'm going to do. And then I'll bullet point it from intro, um, topic one, topic two, topic three, outro. And I'll kind of bullet point the idea. And then. Mm-hmm hit record on my cell phone and do intro, maybe do it three different times until one feels right. Stop. And then, okay. Topic one. So I'll cut, I'll chop it up that way. If I mess up, I don't have to start the whole thing over. Right. Um, and then once I have the five, six clips that are what I want, I'll just forward those over to somebody on Fiverr and they put the captions, the, you know, animations, the intro, the outro, and they stitch it together. Nice for me. Mm. And then I will usually put that on YouTube um, listening to one of your episodes, I think got me interested in trying YouTube this year. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, so I started working on that. So what I was doing was just sending that straight through bomb bomb. But now what I'm doing is bomb bomb will actually link it to your YouTube page. Mm-hmm. So when I launch a video on YouTube, I'll also bomb bomb it out once a week. And that gets my database to at least click on my videos on YouTube and, and drive traffic there, which is cool. Ah. Interesting. So yeah. in the, bomb bomb, the the animated GIF and bomb bomb, yeah. if they click on it, you can choose to drive them to your YouTube page. It'll go straight to the YouTube page. It pulls in the thumbnail that you have on YouTube and it oh, looks right? like it looks like it's right there, but it takes them straight to your page. Oh, that's cool. That makes it yeah. easy to uh, drive up views. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing like, uh, looks like most of your stuff is in the last, you know, a year or less in terms of videos. Oh yeah. I just, I just started, you know, like I said, I just listened to one of your podcasts at the, the beginning of the year. 
with yeah. uh, that gal in Northern California from Guaranteed Rate who just yeah, Jennifer. crushed it. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, Beeston. Yep. So after hearing that, I'm like, okay, that's my goal this year is to grow my YouTube. And then that turned into TikTok and Instagram. <laughs> and I had a, it, that gave me success in other places that never would have started if I didn't just start trying to do something. Have right. you had any, any consumers reach out to you yet from uh, YouTube, for example? No, um, I have not. I only have like 300 something subscribers on there. And yeah, I, just I've, got, I've had questions. I've had people ask me for like general questions, but no actual leads that have converted from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just curious, um, you know, um, not expecting that you would be, but sometimes, you know, people are yeah. like, yeah, man, just randomly got one. Uh, as you, you well know, YouTube's a long game, you know? Yeah. Uh, Got to post that content. All right. So you mentioned a couple other things as well. Um, Instagram and TikTok. Uh, and actually what put me, let's, let's cut, let's tackle this first is yeah, TikTok, yeah. TikTok, man. Um, Cause that's what captured my attention. Tell me about TikTok. When did you get started there? So I was talking to somebody about trying to grow my YouTube and yeah. you know, I don't know how the topic came up. It was a realtor actually. And he's like, you got to get on TikTok, man. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't, yeah, whatever. You don't dance, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to pre-qualify a bunch of 12 year olds. Right. And so I kind of dismissed it. And then I started like, he's like, well, just go on there and check out other people doing it. And I started mm -hmm. looking and then I, I found, uh, um, that that's one guy, uh, the mortgage guy I forgot. He does funny ones and he just yeah. dominates on there. Um, mm -hmm. so then I started searching him and found like a YouTube interview from him where he talked about how it was just a long game and he got into it and he's just, you know, he posted recently, he did like 10 million volume in one month from TikTok, And I was like, Holy crap. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> so I, um, I started, you know, trying to figure out what to talk about. And that was one of my biggest lessons as I've been on this journey of trying to grow my social media and YouTube yes. is, is getting clear on a target audience, mm -hmm. um, getting clear on what they want. And, Honestly, I, as I was trying to figure that out, um, I was working with a coach on social media and marketing and he's like, you got to get clear on exactly who you're talking to. The, mm -hmm. the, the viewer or the, whoever's consuming it has to feel like they're in front of you and you're talking to them and like, wow, he's exactly, he's saying what I want. Well, it's hard to do that with mortgages. We always talk about all oh, the mortgage market update and rates today and you know, PMI, you should know. And honestly, like people don't watch that stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just, there's so much out there of everybody's doing it and how much who's actually grown something from it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? I love, I, I have a ton of out-of-state rentals that I've never seen. I've grown, you know, good six figure income from passive, you know, passive income and rentals. And I'm still going hard on that and growing that I've been a big student of personal finance. I love that stuff. I, you know, doing all my own, uh, managing my own money. And, you know, I have a corporation with the 401k and pension. I'm managing all that and it's not hard. And so I was like, I'm going to mix some of that in, you know, some of the personal finance and, um, buying rentals out, out of state and how all that works and, and just really start dropping general knowledge to grab people that are starting their financial journey. A lot of people start making six figures, start making money, start having a family and they don't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. Should I buy a home? Should I first max out my 401k and my Roth? You know, I hear about buying rental properties, but I don't want to be a landlord, right? They hear all these things, but they don't know where to start. They don't know where to go. So I figured I'm going to start trying to tackle that audience and giving them a good idea of here's your options. Here's what you could do. And it's not that hard. Yeah. Um, and it just, it just been like wildfire. Um, I, I put out a video on TikTok about a custodial Roth and that thing went to like a couple million views in, you know, I think it went to a million over a million views the first couple of weeks. 
And then it's now up to like 3 million on TikTok. I got like 55,000 followers on there. Um, and then it rolled over to Instagram. I put it on Instagram, the same content. I just repurpose it. And that's the cool thing is you repurpose so much of this content. So you'll, mm-hmm. you only need to do it once, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then my Instagram just took off from like 2000 followers to, I think now 27,000 followers in less than two months. Really? Yeah. And I am getting leads from uh, TikTok and Instagram now. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's deal with the myth because I got to be fully honest as well. And I think a lot of people have gone through this process of TikTok and evaluating it uh, similar to like when Clubhouse hit hard and all that. And, yeah. you know, now we're seeing the spike back down. Yeah. Um, but however, TikTok, you know, is still maintaining, um, I think, uh, capturing attention. But, you know, I think that was the perception early on. Well, well, first of all, it got a lot of attention, a lot of hype. And, everybody, you know, I've never been one to like go all in on a platform when there's a lot of hype because, yeah. you know what I mean? We, only, we can only be great in so many places. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so then... Like, did you have to make that shift too? Or you were just like, you know, I mean, how did you go? Because the perception is, and I've got the data on this on, you know, that that's still the majority of people are like under 25 and all that. So yeah. how does that parlay to loans for you? Is that because the kids are going, hey, mom, dad, you should check this dude out? No, because there's adults on it. There, there's yes. adults on it. And the, the, the adults that do consume on TikTok and Instagram, because some of the feedback I've gotten is, I'm never on this. I don't normally use this, but I saw your video and this is a, And this is the stuff I go on this platform for because Mm. you have 30 seconds to a minute to deliver some sort of value or some sort of knowledge. And and that's what's been good about it is it's forced me to figure out what the hell I'm going to say quickly and figure out how to get to the point quickly, which is it's good training. You know, when when you're running out of time and like crap, I got to redo it because I didn't get to what I wanted to say. Let me try again. Let me try again. And it forces you to really and that's people's attention spans. You know, so. I think, yeah, I definitely have a ton of 11 teeners probably on there that just one of the videos caught attention and whatever. But, um, and that's something somebody else told me is, look, I'd rather have a thousand followers of people that are going to do business versus 50,000 followers of people that aren't going to do business and are going to waste my time. So So the main thing that somebody was talking to me about is don't worry about followers. Don't worry about the growth. Just worry about staying consistent with your content and your content pillars mm-hmm. of who you're after and what message you're trying to deliver. Mm-hmm. So if it's, you know, that whole brokers are better movement, then deliver that weekly talk about examples, case studies, scenarios on why brokers are better. If it's, you know, uh, whatever I close in 21 days, why is that important? What happens mm-hmm. if you don't close in 21 days? What does that do for you? Right? So whatever, whatever it is, stick to it and say it. And, and I read a book, uh, five moves ahead. And it was talking about, guys like Jim Cramer mm-hmm. people and Dave Ramsey, people either hate them or love them because they just say what they believe, whether they're right or wrong, they don't care about it. They just stick to their beliefs. So same thing that kind of opened me up to like, you know what? Cause I was afraid of putting personal finance stuff out. Cause I'm not a financial advisor. What mm-hmm. if I am wrong? What if this works for me, but other people don't believe it or like it and they pick me apart. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not all knowing. I, I still maybe don't know a lot. And I, but I just figured, screw it. You know what? If like I read that book and he's like, Hey, these people just do it and it works. That's how you grow a following is by ha- being strong, you know, having strong beliefs and sticking to them. Yeah. So I just, I just went for it. And yeah, a bunch of people picked me apart and you know, I have some trolls and stuff like that, but Oh, well, it's fun. That's how you know you're, you're doing something when you get the yeah. trolls and the haters, you know? Yeah, I'm getting fake accounts now, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You, you mentioned a book, Five Moves Ahead. I wrote that down. 
Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Also, when you said haters, it made me think of a book. Uh, it's called Hug Your Haters uh, by yeah. Jay Bayer. I don't know, but but that's also a good one too because it's all about embracing that. And and it's like, dude, where's your thing? Where's your video? Where's your, you know yeah. what I mean? Really easy to stand here and point fingers. Um, you also said something earlier that I, I, I don't want to overlook. You know, you got really clear on, people use that word avatar, but you got really clear on who you're speaking to in this camera and you've had a social media coach so you can relate to this is you're not speaking to a camera there's a human being on the other end of that and that's i think what's any of us who does this yeah gets to that place emotionally so that your delivery is different because you realize it's it's a person you know yeah and and one of the exercises they had me do is just pretend your buddies in front of you like one of your mm -hmm. best friends that you can totally be yourself with how would you talk to them how would you deliver it with them so you're being yourself helps. yeah yeah. Just, you know, don't try to be too polished. Don't try to, you know, you want to deliver the message clearly, but at the end of the day, you want to make sure your tonality, your enthusiasm, whatever you're trying to say is like, you're talking to a buddy. Um, and another thing too, on that note, and then we'll go back to TikTok for a second. But um, the other thing that you, you do or did, and which stands out to me is you did, you did kind of, you know, maybe hesitate a little bit in terms of posting content about financial literacy, financial planning, that kind of stuff. And I can understand the hesitation because you're like, yo, I'm not a fan. And when you said Dave Ramsey, I thought of that. I'm like, I'm, th I'm like thinking how many LOs who have a similar level of education as you do financially say to, well, I mean, Dave Ramsey's out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yet, yeah. You didn't let that stop you. Yeah, no. And, and that could even be a thing. You could be like the anti Dave Ramsey guy. And a lot of people will follow that. They will love yeah. that because he got, he has the people that love him or hate him, you know? So right. Right. I just, I just stopped caring and just figured I'm going to give it a shot. And it took off so quickly that now I'm, you know, I'm running with it. But well, so, so there's a key point right there though. You stopped, two things are coming up for me on that. Number one, you stopped caring, but actually before that, if I'm correct, you wanted to put out this financial information because you were passionate about it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That, that was the first you know thing was, it's just something that I'm passionate about that I like that I think would grab my target audience. But the hesitation was caring about what people would think sure. if I really, you know, hey, this works for me, whatever, you know, um, but then stopped caring. I still cared, but but yeah, figured, yeah. oh, well, I'm going to go for it. Well, we all have a bit of that imposter syndrome a little bit, right? Like, who am I to put this out there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we and, get in our own head. And a quick, you know, thing, though, is I get a ton of financial advice questions now that don't turn into business. So you have to be careful with that where I am going to leverage that in other ways and by making other content and, and I believe me, I'm going to leverage it and turn it into <laughs> some other things that I'll launch soon. But, but if you're busy already, be careful with, you know, what you're going to open yourself up to a, a good friend of mine, um, Brian Decker, who, who yeah. he, he has a lot of crypto and Bitcoin stuff and he's created a following of being like that Bitcoin guy, that crypto guy. And he was same thing. He gets bombarded with stuff that's not business. It's about crypto, Bitcoin, you know, questions on that. But um, so just be careful with how far out of your what you want you go. And I would try to just fine tune it to where that target audience and what you're going to attract is going to turn into money for you. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough time in the day to, you know, answer all these questions of people that aren't going to work with us. Yeah. Um, are you posting your own content? I am. So I do have a graphic designer that helps me with my actual posts, but I give him, you know, what I wanted to say, what I wanted to look like, and then he'll sure. send me samples and I'll give him, you know, tweak it. And that's what I found too, is I have hired marketing people, marketing companies, um, in-house, outsourced everything 
for years and I've never had as much success as when I finally just figured out how to do it myself. Mm. Same thing with the post. I had another company just doing it all for me and I feel like it's going better with me just coming up with the content myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so then how much time do you spend average per day per week on creating and posting content? I, I time block about four hours every Friday to put it all together. And then there's probably 30 minutes to an hour, the rest of the week, a day of either posting it, engaging, um, you know, just kind of still getting sucked into it a little bit, but I batch it Mm -hmm. on Fridays. It might run five hours, four hours. Um, and then from there, everything's pretty much ready to go for the rest of the week. Um, and then throughout the week, maybe 30 minutes to an hour a day of, you know, responding to DMS, um, posting, actually posting the content, hashtagging it, all that stuff. Yeah. I was going to ask you if, are you using a scheduler or are you just posting individually? Just posting individually. I try to do them in the mornings. Um, sometimes it's a little later or whatever, but I just do it myself. Okay. I heard, Uh, I heard schedulers, um, Instagram knows when you're doing that and it just doesn't push it as much. mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I have a whole separate episode I've been meaning to do on that. (laughs) Um, Okay, so back to TikTok for a second. Um, mm, 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 mm. Uh, you just record TikTok from your mobile phone and then post it. Correct. I edit it, everything from my phone. It's so easy. Their platform is so easy to use. And oh, I, was, I know what I was going to ask you. The, the repurposing, because I was on your Instagram feed. Are you just, you know how some people just take that same video and just put it on Instagram and it, you know, is cut off? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, what's your advice on that? So, um, it's, it's not cut off cause you post it on your reels. So with reels, you only have 30 seconds yeah. with TikTok, You have up to a minute. So if you look at my TikTok videos are actually all 30 seconds for a reason that way I could use them on Instagram reels as well. Um, so that's, that's my solution to but that. You know, they, they have the, the TikTok logo. Is that gone now? I, I have an app I use. It's called, um, talk. Let me see. I have an app that removes that. Uh, save talk. So S A V E T O K save talk. You download that app. I think it's free and then it'll remove the watermark logo for you. And I just, okay. so I just pop it in there and it removes it really quick. Yeah. Cause I've seen some people when they're doing that, the, the video quality is kind of degraded a little bit. Yeah. Like your videos look really good. Yeah. The only issue I have with that is sometimes when I'm doing like the lip syncing or like mm-hmm. trying to do that type of video, it, it throws it off a little but then I do have a video editing app on my phone where I can kind of tweak the sound and, and the video and line it up. So mm-hmm. there's an extra step if, if the sound doesn't match um, the audio mm-hmm. or my lips don't match the audio. But that's only on like lip syncing one type. Yeah. Deal. I, I don't do a lot of those. <laughs> I do zero dance ones for a reason. And and the, the, the I try to do a funny one once a week, once every two weeks because it's just they're fun and um, different type of engagement. But then I try to make sure the rest are definitely delivering value. All right. So in terms of choices of platforms and stuff like that, um, you're on TikTok. You're, you're repurposing somewhat easily to YouTube. You're on Instagram. Uh, any, anywhere else? So I have um, every video I do on TikTok goes on Instagram. It goes on Pinterest and it goes mm-hmm. on Twitter. Not that I've had much traction on Twitter. I am growing a yeah. following on Pinterest, but... <laughs> And sometimes Pinterest will drive traffic back to your Instagram. Uh-huh. Um, and then I'm using some of the TikTok videos for YouTube shorts. Um, really? 
Yeah, so you could you post it like a regular YouTube video, but you hashtag it shorts. You do hashtag shorts in the title and in the description, and then out, YouTube supposedly picks that up a little bit. But with YouTube, it's all about watch time, and if you have a 30-second video, it doesn't really help your watch time. Right. right. Um, so I am repurposing them in multiple places. But then as I do a bunch of batch TikToks, a week later when I see how they perform or whatnot – I could then cherry pick the ones that I'm going to elaborate on in a longer like YouTube style video. Mm. So I'll do, you know, one or two YouTube videos a week based on a couple weeks back TikToks that, okay, this one hit. So I'll just talk more about that over the course of four to five minutes in a more formal fashion, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, doing anything with IGTV. No, but I'm, I'm going to start. So, uh, I'm going to okay. start utilizing the rest of the platforms. Cause if you look, it's just reels and posts that I'm doing, but yeah. I am going to start taking some of those YouTubes and then putting them on IGTV. Got it. All right. So here's a crazy question. If uh, you could only use one social platform, what would it be? I think Instagram. Really? Yeah. I just, I like it. I feel like it's more of my target audience. I feel like TikTok, I have double the amount of followers on TikTok, but I feel like not as many of them are actually people that are going to do business. Um, Instagram, I just get the most engagement. Um, I'm getting leads from it and, uh, my YouTube's still in its infancy. So hopefully by the end of the year, I gotta, I gotta get YouTube following, but we'll see. Well, and that's part of the challenge with a lot of people, right? Is they'll hear someone like you or somebody else come on and it's just like, you know, I'm doing Instas, I'm doing the, the TikTok, you know, and the, 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 the sense is, oh my God, this guy's everywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and so, I mean, what would you say to people? Because there are, as you know, there, most people aren't where you're at. They're still like struggling or figuring out, well, where do I go? What do I say? You know what I mean? Any advice you would give to them in terms of just getting started? Um, I, I would just find where you're coming. Like first find your voice, find who you want to talk to. What and you that takes some time. Yeah, that's the most important part. Because if you're not clear on what you want to say, and you're just kind of saying things monotone or you just don't really know, you know, the delivery's off, the topic's off. It doesn't like segment quick enough you're not going to have traction anywhere. So I think it's really, and, and a lot of loan officers are super busy and super multitasking. Right. And, and you like have it on your schedule. I got to do a video and then you rush and do it. And it's just not going to be good quality. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the, the biggest thing that's helped me get to this place is honestly teams and systems, building okay. my team, creating systems that freed me up and gave me the time where I could spend four or five hours on a Friday doing this. I could spend an hour a day and actually get in a creative zone Mm -hmm. versus having a bunch of fires burning around me and I'm trying to just knock out the video really quick and it's just not going to be as good. Yep. Um, that, that's the biggest piece of advice is just build your teams and your systems to where you have the time to, to learn marketing. Because if you get good at marketing and at videos, you could excel at anything. That's the one lesson I learned not too long ago that got me hooked on, okay, I want to become a master marketer. I want to become a master salesman because if I, could, if I could do that, I could drive in traffic from anywhere. All right. Well, let's, let's then uh, talk for a minute about your team structure. Yep. Um, what does that look like? Who do you have on your team? Um, I have a junior LO who's licensed, who all the incoming leads go to him. Um, and then he kind of puts the numbers together, you know, responds, collects the docs. And then I have another LOA who's not licensed, but like nails with guidelines and just knows his stuff. <laughs> And, you know, my, my front end junior sends him the docs. He scrubs it. He comes back with a needs list. He never talks to the clients. The clients don't even know he exists. He's just there to keep my junior on the phones, keep him selling, keep him talking. And he knows, he knows enough, but he's, he doesn't have to dive in because we got our guy to dive in for him. 
so he, he collects it, puts it together. Um, our scrubber, I guess my LOA will do the pre-approval and give them all the bullet points. Here's all the credit notes. Here's all the income notes. Here's all the asset notes. Ask about this. Here's the max. Here's the max conventional max FHA. Here's some concerns I have. So then it's back to the junior to clean all that up. We get them out shopping. When they're shopping, they have questions. The junior's there. When they open escrow, my uh, scrubber will then clean it up update the needs list, kick out disclosures, do all that. And then it goes to our LOA who's contract to close. Mm-hmm. Uh, our LOA is a direct submit, but she's not the processor. We also have corporate processors we use. Okay. Um, so I ha- it's really that team of three plus me. I do have um, an office manager who runs, I, I run a couple branches. Um, so my office manager does you know, run one of the branches as far as like admin duties. And then she also manages my emails um, helps kind of make sure the leads go in the CRM manages some of the marketing and all, but I feel like for, um, the volume I'm doing and the time that gives me to work on the business and not in the business, we're pretty efficient and it's a pretty yeah. good model. So, I was in the core for like six years and I tried so many different models from all the coaches and all the things I learned and you kind of just have to figure out what works for you. But this model has been great for me. Yeah. So when do you engage with the clients? Um, I always call them all at closing regardless, but there's a lot of clients I don't talk to at all until closing. So, yeah. So at the end I call, had the team do, Hey, you know, thank you so much for, for working with us again, or thank you so much for allowing us to help. Um, how do they do? You know, I see you worked with Yuri and Christina. They take good care of you. Any feedback on that? Oh, they were great. Or, Oh, well, yeah, they sent me disclosures from the escrow company and then the escrow sent it and it was a little confusing. You know what? That's a great point. I'll make sure we clarify that better next time. But other than that, you guys, oh, thank you so much. You know, and then, oh, want to confirm your first payment. Okay. Just so you know, I'm going to do some events. You're going to get mail from me. You're going to get junk mail. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to check in with you and do a, um, an annual review. I go, I elaborate a little more, but this is like the topics. So I prep them for, Hey, we're here for you. We're a resource for you. And I want to continue delivering value and being there, you know, but always feel free to reach out to us and blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much. So you're not taking any loan apps. I, I haven't taken an app. I don't remember the last time. And I've probably run DU four times this year. <laughs> so a lot of people are hearing that going, what the f-? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. How does he do it? How does he get there? Um, wasn't always like that, right? No, it was, uh, it was, you know, working from 5 a.m. until 1 a.m. and gaining weight and having a lot of stress. And- right, right. You figure out there's got to be a better way. And then you realize, that, hey, here's the first thing I need to do. Hire somebody. Yeah. To help me. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yep. Um, no, I'm just like, I'm really pausing there for a second because I'm thinking through that conceptually. Most of the people I've talked to with that model before, most of them are at least interfacing with the customer early on up front, but then never again, except maybe yeah. at closing where yours is kind of flipped. It. It's just like, no, I don't even talk to them until closing. <laughs> yeah, and I'll cherry pick some, you know, sometimes I'll get a, I'll get a couple like past clients that I just, you know, I really like and I'll jump on it, especially if I have time. Um, if it's a busy day, then I'm, I'm passing it on to the team, but if it's not a busy day. So, so busy day, well explain that though. Right. Because I mean, you're not taking 10 threes. What are you doing? Are you structuring loans? Sounds like your junior is. No, I might be working on content, working on systems. Um, you know, doing, uh, I, I run a couple branches. We have branch meetings. Okay. Um, yeah. I, like, I do a team meeting every morning management um, stuff. Yeah. So between that, um, you know, working on building different things out for our CRM, um, oh. it's mainly working on the business and yeah. trying to figure out how do I get more leads in the door? 
You know, how do we convert better? How do I help my team's bandwidth without hiring more people, but with technology, you know? Yeah, you've referenced that twice now. Sounds like, have you read the E-Myth? Yeah, no, I haven't, but I've, I've, I've read plenty, like Traction. I've read plenty yeah. of books right. that are, are, are similar to it, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I got Traction sitting over here. I haven't read it yet. It's an amazing book. Really? Okay, yeah. good. Um, no, but it just makes me think conceptually is, is, is what most LOs are, are tacticians, yeah. right? They're good at performing and doing the loans, but that is to your point, prevents you from working on the business because you're too busy working in it. And you can never grow it. Well, the, the funny thing is I've been in this business 20 years, but the first 10 years I was in, pro I was a processor. So, <laughs> so when I started originating, I would never let anybody process my loans because nobody's going to do it. As good. <laughs> Don't touch my disclosure. I hired a processor and it took me two years to let her even do my disclosure. Really? Like, don't touch it. You're going to mess up my GFE. Like, uh -uh. like, don't talk to my client, you know, and that's just not a life that I, that that's not sustainable. You burn out. You know? Wow. Wow. Um, all right. So before we wrap up here, I just, I want to kind of come full circle. I, um, I had your Instagram open, but you're getting now kind of like a flow of inbound or let's call them inquiries from social media, right? Hey, yeah. saw your videos. I've been watching you for three months. I got some questions, right? And those leads go over to your junior. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm handholding those more because those are like my baby yeah. right now. So yeah. I am like, I am getting sucked into the DM sometimes and answering questions. And I am taking some of those pre-approval appointments um, because the message they're coming to me for is the personal finance. So I need to train my team to have wow. that same personal finance, you know, knowledge and message. And I am every day in our team meeting, Whenever I put out one of these videos on Instagram during that team meeting that day, I'm training them on exactly the topic and going into detail so they understand it. Got that it. way, when I do eventually have them take over those leads, when they when they have leads that also want help with personal finance or you know going going over index funds or going over Roth and 401ks, that my team has that knowledge to also discuss that with them. You know. Mm. Yeah, I just ch checked out your website. Are you using any other tools like Homebot, for example? I use Homebot. Uh, my website's through Lead Pops. Um, it, my website links syncs with my Jungo. Um, I oh. use Big Purple Dot for texting automation. So if you go on my website and fill out a refi or a purchase inquiry, you know thing, um, you're automatically going to get a text message. It's going to follow up with you forever uh, until you tell us to stop or until you raise your hand and say I'm ready. Right. Um, you're going to get put in our system. You're going to start getting bomb bombs from me. You're you're going to be and all from you just going to my website. So it's all that's all the stuff I work on when I'm not working on loans. Yeah, it looks like you have a blog as well with articles. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know that. Oh, that, oh hold on. <laughs> I think they're that's pulling, they might be pulling stuff from YouTube. They're supposed to be. Yeah, that's what it looks like it is. It's a, your, your corporate site's doing that. All right, let me go back real quick. There's one other thing. Your um, Google reviews are very prominent. I love that on your, on your yeah. homepage uh, of your website. I'm trying to go back here. Yeah, I got a big, I got business, I get business from Yelp and Google uh, from those reviews. I, I've, I focus, I still focus on that, but that was something I focused on a while back early on. How do you get those, um, how do you get people to leave your reviews? I ask for it and then we <laughs> send text reminders. So at closing, um, we ask for it, right? And it was just, I have the call, I kind of guilt them into it. Like, hey, I'm still trying to grow my business. I'm a person, I'm human. If you don't mind supporting us, you know, oh yeah, no problem. Great, I appreciate that so much. Um, and then they get the text automated follow-ups from me like, Hey, just, I know you're busy if you don't mind. Yeah. And a link um, over to your Google, my business page. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you doing any, um, Zillow reviews? 
I was, but we don't really push to it anymore. I have, I have a good chunk on there, like 200 or something, but um, that's just because of Zillow being who they are now and all that. I actually was just trying to not put all my eggs in one basket. So I was putting reviews between Google, Yelp and Zillow years ago to see how it went. And I just, I get zero leads from the Zillow reviews. Mm -hmm. So I just now just, I don't want to, instead of asking you to review me in three different spots, now I'm only asking you to review me on two, you know, Google and Yelp. And it could help with your search too, as well. Yeah, that, that all does. It helps with the SEO stuff. Hmm. Wow. All right. So what's the big plans, man? What's next on your, uh, you know, media domination plan? <laughs> so as I grow my social media stuff, I definitely want to grow my YouTube. But the end result from all this social media is I want to drive that audience to homebuyer webinars and homebuyer live events locally, because the majority of my audience is actually in LA, um, it mm-hmm. looks like. So I figure once I start doing live personal finance, home buyer events or webinar style ones, I should be able to get a lot of people there. Um, and then basically, yeah, just have my team there taking apps and scheduling appointments at the events during the events and, um, you know, seeing how those convert and then from there building a system around that on how to, you know, automate that stuff. Are you going to do the, the home buyer webinars? Are those going to be live? At first, yeah, they're definitely going to be live for a few months until I get a couple good recorded ones that just run really well. And then I'll run them on an evergreen after that and make them seem live. But, you know, sure. Then you have like the opt-ins automation all that kind of stuff. Start running ads to them, all that fun stuff. Right, right. Very cool, man. You are definitely uh, you are meeting the definition of a uh, a modern mortgage originator and a hybrid loan officer. Right. Hybrid. You know, I don't know if you heard me talk about that on the podcast, but you're obviously your number one source of business is past clients and database. That's the more quote traditional, but you're growing, continuing to grow your, uh, your sources of business from all the stuff we just heard about digital, um, which, you know, I think that's the future is like, if you, you to succeed, you got to do both. Well, yeah. you yeah, know, for sure. um, that's awesome, man. Hey, I really appreciate you making time here. I learned a hell of a lot. Awesome. And I appreciate it. It's fun. It's always fun. Doing so, this stuff. Let's do this. What, what is your TikTok handle? Whatever the hell they call it. So yeah. So, so my TikTok and my Instagram are loans by JV. And, right. if, and if you see a fake one that has like a period or a hyphen, that's not me. It's just loans by JV. Yeah. Uh, and, and duly noted when you, I pulled them up on Instagram, you had a couple of those. So it's loans by JB, no hyphens, no dots, no nothing. Yeah. I'll put links in the show notes to that and the Instagram as well. So people can check you out and follow you. Um, Justin, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. You bet. Listeners, hope you like this episode. You know what to do. Uh, Leave us a review if you like it, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Hey guys, what's up? Real quick, uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before, and I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business, let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents, butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, 
you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call, we'll have a chat, we'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.